Ahoy, and welcome back to Domance Dawn. My name is Luke Hare, and my pronoun... Wait, that's backwards. Yeah, Janine. We're... I... I had, like, a whole bit, and I've been derailed. Like a runaway train never coming back. A runaway train on a one-way track. We should have invested more in our railroad infrastructure. This is Luke who is editing this, who is saying that we recorded this before the Palestine train crash in Ohio. I'm Luke. Hi, other Luke. Welcome back to Domance Don. I use he, him, and sometimes they, them pronouns. I'm joined by my co-host who has attempted a mutiny. I'll do it again, too. Um, hi, I'm Janine. Uh, that's my for real name, not the other name. I stole it for a little bit, and my pronouns are she, they. And if you somehow jumped in on this episode of the podcast because of the uh, title of the episode or the wonderful illustrations that we have by Mike Patton, you can find on the Instagram at Patton underscore pending. Uh, this is a podcast where we are recapping one piece and then we are casting uh simpsons characters in those roles those simpsons characters need to be contemporary to these characters that are being introduced in one piece and uh janine what's one piece about one piece is about friendship and it's told through pirates i'll accept it but uh First, we got some business to get to because uh, we had some mints last time. Devin mentioned that uh, you remember Devin, our guest from last time. I do. Devin, who will not listen to this podcast because Devin hates podcasts unless he's on them. The very one. <laughs> so Devin mentioned that 13 Going on 30 was like part of Andy Serkis's filmography. And the way that he said it was that it was a contemporary to Lord of the Rings where Andy Serkis played Gollum slash Smeagol and some other roles, I believe. But uh, it was not. It came out like a good year after Return of the King came out. So he was a known entity at that time. Wow. And uh, yeah. Devin. Uh, also, uh, the caveman Homer was from Lisa the Skeptic, because we had that whole question last time, and I eventually figured it out. Hooray for Luke! Hooray for Luke, yes. Yes. Uh, so, the One Piece episodes that we were going to be covering this time originally ran between May 4th and July 6th of the year. 2003. Do you remember anything from that year, Janine? Oh, man. 2003 was actually the year that um, I stopped watching The Simpsons as I shunned all Western animation in uh, 
in order to watch more anime exclusively Ooh. because I was that kind of a kid. So um, this does mean that we are starting to go into the era where I'm going to actually have to watch the episodes. I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, these are still ones that I have like strong memories of watching them, both on like original uh, Sunday night shows, and then like when they would be repeated. And uh, I I did some work in advance to see, and it's like, oh, we're maybe like two years away from when I stopped regularly watching The Simpsons. Uh, but, like, these I still know, though I did start a new thing on my Twitter where when I watch the episodes that tie in, uh, because, uh, Wiki Simpsons and The Simpsons Wiki don't necessarily have all the characters, uh, yeah, I, I kind of just live tweet and point out things that don't show up on, uh, either of those websites, and, uh, yeah. I think I lost my point a bit there. It's been a long day. I mean, I definitely feel that, too. Um, hey, this is our podcast, and we can be able to tell stories in whatever directions we want. Yes. Uh, so the four Simpsons episodes that came out during this time include Old Yeller Belly, where Santa's little helper becomes the Duff's folks dog and is taken back by his original owner. And so the family tries to get Duff Man to take his place. Break My Life, Please, where Homer starts walking everywhere when he loses his license until a tired Marge hits him with his car and Homer has to show that he loves her and appreciates her with a banquet, which is decent. Uh, the Bart of War, where Bart and Milhouse join rival youth organizations and Homer escalates their rivalry into an actual war. It's not a good one. Uh, I... Don't know how the Boy Scouts of America square a lot of the uh, just full-fledged uh, indigenous American cultural theft that they do. And uh, Mo Baby Blues, where Mo and Maggie take a shine to each other, Marge and Homer are worried, and then Maggie follows the Mafia, so it's up to Mo to save her. Which is one that I have distinct memories of, and I, I think it's a solid one. That is the last one, like, in the list that I was like, oh, I definitely for sure have seen this. Uh, the mm -hmm. stuff that comes after it, though, I'm not quite sure. So I think starting next episode is going to be my starting point of watching um, The Simpsons again. What a thing I didn't think I was ever going to do. Fair enough. Uh, new characters unlocked include Hitler Mailman, animated Regis Philbin because we already got live-action Regis and Kathy Lee, Duff McShark, Springfield Aquarium Tour Guide, Steve Buscemi, South Park-style O.J. Simpson, <laughs> Don Castellaneta, Annie Hall, but not the one that you're thinking of, and more. To be honest, I'm glad that we finally have Steve Buscemi because there have been several that I have been wanting to to, to use him for. Mm -hmm. 
But, I mean, we have to find the perfect role for Buscemi. That's true. Oh, beautiful, beautiful C. Buscemi. Uh, so, the episodes of One Piece that we are going to be covering are episodes 153 through 159, which includes This is the Sea of the Sky, the Night of the Sky, and Heaven's Gate. Godland Skypia, the Angels of the Cloud Beach. Sacred Ground, the island where God resides and Heaven's Judgment. Criminals Already, Skypia's Upholders of the Law. Can we escape? God's ordeals are set in motion. Trap on Lovely Street, Almighty God Eno. Go forth, little crow, to the sacrificial altar. Uh, yeah, so I I think I've said a few times, Skypia is a weird arc, and it's a point where a lot of people quit One Piece. I honestly don't... It wasn't that jarring for me. It was different, but given the world-building that One Piece has presented me, I, I, at this point, as a viewer, have adopted the mentality of, sure, why the fuck not? <laughs> uh, well, I feel like it is going to be fair to tell you that we are going to be here for... Uh, five more episodes. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And, like, one of those we might split into another episode, because otherwise that's covering nine episodes and a single one, and that's too much, man. Oh, yeah. I can agree on that. Yeah. We are going to cover it in six more episodes to not do too many. Uh, but also... Not necessarily too much. Uh, I, I think this is where we start to run into some of the, oh, uh, Oda's arc started to get longer at this point. And so there there is a feeling of more filler that comes in. And uh, it's it's going to be an interesting one. Uh, yeah, that's that's kind of all I can get into now. It's going to be an interesting one. So what happened during these episodes? Uh, so the crew of the Going Merry sails up through the clouds, and Blackbeard promises that he will find them eventually. The crew finds themselves in this sea of clouds now, but the log post points that they still need to go higher. Uh, we get a bunch of shenanigans. Usopp tries to go swimming in the clouds, and then he starts sinking through and almost falls through, so Luffy and Robin have to team up to save him, which is where I believe Devin had commented it kind of becomes a nightmarish horror show. It does. It's it's great. My kind of woman. <laughs> was, uh, that's That's my animal impression. From the Muppets. Not not to be confused with other animals that they that you might have confused it with. You know, you say that, but like it's like I realize now we're that we're at the time and age where that kind of 
descriptor would be useful to somebody who stumbles upon our show. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Muppets, they're good. They're not quite uh, a mop. They're not quite a puppet. puppet. Uh, yeah, so they bring Usopp back onto the ship, and there's also some cloudfish that easily get dispatched. Chopper sees another ship get destroyed by a mysterious gorilla warrior who then rushes towards them. The pirates are initially overpowered by him, but he is stopped by Godfall, the Sky Knight, and Pierre, his steed. <laughs> Fucking Pierre. And Lupi, Sanji, and Zoro are sad because they feel weak, and then they just acclimate to altitude sickness. And Godfall kind of gives a rundown that he can be hired to protect them. And then he finds out that they came up through the knockup stream, and he's just like, all right, you get everybody gets one. And he gives him a whistle to call for his aid in the future. Uh, Pierre is a bird that ate the horse horse fruit, and so it can turn into a pegasus, but it's a really fucked up looking pegasus. <laughs> I love it. Uh, like, Pierre is great. This ugly ass polka dot bird. This, this... This horse makes me worry. This bird horse makes me worry. Why? Because I feel like there's something wrong with it. Like it might be in pain all the time. <laughs> oh, like it's a mega evolved Pokemon where all the description where all the descriptions are like, this Pokemon's skin is constantly breaking apart because of its immense muscles. Stuff like that. I mean, <laughs> it's it didn't look like it was having a pleasant transformation, <laughs> is what I was saying. We mega evolved Pierre. Yeah, so the crew heads towards a waterfall of clouds and a massive thing marked as Heaven's Gate. Once there, Amazon, an old woman, asks for a fee of one billion extol per person. They say they can't pay because they have no idea what that is, and she says that's fine. And that is when a massive express lobster! Carries them up the waterfall into Godland Skypea, and Amazon alerts her god, Enel, or Inaru, I'll probably flip between those, uh, to bestow his judgment upon them. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited for you to see Enel. Like, based on what you've seen in this episode, what do you expect Enel to be? I expect Enel to be a kind of a um Wizard of Oz situation mm-hmm. where it's just going to be just like a small pathetic man behind something that's like I don't know what kind of doomsday device but it's going to be a doomsday device so you think that he's just, like, imitating this? I think that God doesn't exist and everybody who's being frightened through technology. I'm a skeptic, is what I'm saying, Mulder. All right, well, we'll we'll see the real God stand up uh, soon enough. Truth is out there. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to edit in a sound effect there. Uh, actually like i'll have to theoretically insert two sound effects or i'll just record myself because you'd want the (laughs) 
the very one. Mm-hmm. And then I'd just put in one that would be like, shing! Like a clue that you'll remember in the next episode. So, uh, yeah, the crew enters Skypea, pulls up onto a cloud beach. They start running off while Zoro drops anchor for the ship. Nami releases the southbird that they brought with them and joins in the fun. And uh, we've got a new animation studio. Did you see anything new and big and different in this episode, Janine? Oh, damn it. Now I feel like I ha- I had to be looking for it. Oh, wow. Uh, listen, half the time I'm just looking at subtitles. You gotta help me out if there was a difference. Oh, uh, this is this is the start of the various levels of One Piece is horny now. Or hornier than it had been. Ah. Oh. I mean, they specifically and frequently call out Nami in a bikini. Which is just the weird thing where it's like, oh, well, I'm writing this manga for young kids. And uh, technically, like, I think Nami's 18 at this point. It's just like, "Mm, yeah. Don't be creeps. Yeah. Uh, Zoro goes to try and dry himself off with Sue, a cloud fox, and he ends up meeting Konis, her owner, who is an angel-like Skypean, and she welcomes him to Angel Beach. Konis's father, Pagia, comes over on a waiver, which Nami recognizes as being similar to something that Luffy had salvaged, and Pagia invites him to eat while Nami goes and checks out the waiver, which she is able to pilot, which Luffy is not. And she goes off to ride while the rest of the crew heads into town. And they get an explanation of clouds and science and, you know, it's fine. None of it really matters. It's just like a, hey, here's enough world building. It's all sea prism stone. It works because we wanted to have an adventure in the clouds. That's all you gotta know. <laughs> yep. Uh, Konus also explains how dials work, which are shells that can do various things, like recording sounds or storing light or fire, and how they use dial technology. Also, we just get Luffy being really immature here because he couldn't figure out how to pilot the waiver, which is kind of refreshing. In a, oh, he's just being a total dick. I do appreciate that there is still that level of immaturity inside of him. Mm-hmm. Because um, I don't want him to be, like, the complete moral compass. I want him, him to be, like, yelled at. You should yell at Luffy. Mm-hmm. Like... There should be a question of why he is the leader, but also you remember all the stuff that he does because he is the leader.
so Konus and Pagia start to worry that Nami might have headed to the Upper Yard, which is a sacred area that isn't too far away, where the god Enel lives and where anyone who goes there is killed, which is where, in fact, Nami headed to, and she is and she is fascinated by this massive patch of earth and trees up in the clouds. Nami thinks that she hears another pirate crew trying to steal something, but it turns out that it was a sound dial on a ruined boat that is a recording of a lost crew's adventure, and she then hears someone else currently actually in the upper yard. And meanwhile, the crew's like, oh, we should probably go and look for Nami, but there's no wind, so they can't really go anywhere. That, uh, other pirate who Nabi heard uh, gets set upon by four different people plus two animals who are fighting amongst themselves to kill him. And Luffy decides that he is going to try and go after Nabi and the Broken Waver, sinks immediately, so he has to get saved, and Pagia offers to go and fix the old broken down waver that they found. Back at the upper yard, the gorilla warrior appears again and attacks the four fighters in front of Nami. The pirate survivor asks Nami for her help, but he gets destroyed by a massive blast of energy from Enel, and then another blast comes after the gorilla warrior who escapes, and Nami hangs back. Also, just for clarification, gorilla in this case means gorilla like gorilla tactics, not gorilla like uh, the... Are, are gorillas technically apes? Yeah, because they don't have tails. I believe that's the distinction. Yes. And not like Gorilla Glue. Right. Cotton! <laughs> it's what I'm vaping right now, but that's neither here nor there. Well, it is here, but, you know, that's not... Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Uh, so, Nami finds out that technically they have entered the island illegally because they did not pay the entrance fee. It, uh, because the other four fighters who serve Enel are talking about that. Meanwhile, the White Berets, led by Captain McKinley, come to the beach to arrest the Straw Hats for illegally entering Skypea. He tells them that if they accept their punishment of paying ten times the entrance fee, he will let them stay, which works out to about seven million berries. The crew tries to figure out what to do as Usopp tries to stall and prevent things from getting worse, which he doesn't do a good job at. And Nami returns on the waiver, but when she hears the fee, she decides that, oh, no, that's too much, and then she just drives the waiver into Captain McKinley. Which is fair. Fuck the police. A-cab, A-cab, A-cab. <laughs> I feel like that is just such a, a lovely reminder that... Um... When you're thinking about the One Piece cast and you're trying to assign who the quote-unquote normal one is, mm -hmm. it's not Nami. Nami is just as ridiculous as the other ones. It's just that her specific thing that makes her ridiculous isn't always relevant. But when it is, it's great that it's like played up as much of a flaw as Zoro getting lost. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, Usopp's the most normal member of the crew. Damn. That's right. Mm-hmm. Like, the worst you can say about Usopp is he is a liar and a coward, but whom of you would not be horrified by living in this world?
it literally kept it literally keeps people alive at some points. Mm-hmm. Like oh, his I, ability to lie. I love Usopp. Usopp is perhaps my favorite member of the crew. Usopp is my favorite member of the crew. Wait, no, second favorite member of the crew. I forgot about one who we have not seen yet. Uh, so because of this new crime, the gang is worried that their ship will be left to drift in the clouds before it will eventually crash to the earth. The guards end up backing off to take care of McKinley while the crew tries to get off the island. But Luffy is stubborn about leaving. McKinley gets revived and banishes them to drift in the clouds. And the white berets attack using cloud fighting techniques, but Luffy is just like, yeah, I don't give a shit about this, and knocks him out. So McKinley decides to sentence them now to death via the priests of the upper yard, those four figures we saw before. Luffy isn't bothered, but the rest of the crew wants to figure out how to escape. Before they head out, though, Luffy, Sanji, and Usopp stick behind to get some more tools and food while the rest of the crew prepares the ship. Conus directs the ship to go to Cloud End, uh, which will let them escape, and she gives them a current that will take them there, and Robin is suspicious of her. And then when Chopper raises the anchor, the Super Express Lobster steals the ship and takes it to the upper yard. Zoro tries to attack it, but they are also being followed by massive skyfish, meaning if they cannot escape, heaven's judgment! Hagia, seeing the ship vanished, explains that they have been taken to the sacrificial altar in Upper Yard as hostages, and Luffy, Usopp, and Sanji will be given a chance to rescue them, where they will have to fight the priests of the Upper Yard. Conus follows that trio to help them get to the docks, where they cross Lovely Street, and all the other residents of the town are avoiding them and shunning them. Along the way, they see a statue of Verth, which is something that the Sky People pray to. And at the docks, Luffy wants to take a big, cool, massive boat, but instead they have to take Conus's tiny boat called the Crow. It's adorable. It is a pretty cool boat. So Conus tells them how to get to the upper yard, but they're still concerned for her. And she reveals that she had to guide them to the upper yard to be killed, and that she also called the Super Express Lobster to move the Going Mary, and... The guys get pissed because they already knew that, and because she actively said the truth, Enel is going to try and kill her, and so a massive beam strikes down on Luffy and Conus, but they get saved by Gondfall for free. He flies off with Conus to hide her, and the trio sets off in the crow. As they sail into the jungle, it's filled with ruined ships and traps that they're able to get through. And meanwhile, the group that is on the Going Merry finds the sacrificial altar is surrounded by sky sharks. Zoro ends up fighting one of them, but that draws a larger school of them to surround the altar. So Zoro decides to find his way into the forest. That way he can go and beat God. Uh, Robin decides to tag along so she can look at the ruins. And they both swing across on vines and do... I don't know if they do it in Japan, but in the American version, uh, Zoro does a Tarzan yell. Oh, yeah. That's... Yeah. The... Oh! Yeah, it's not really explained why, but in, J- in Japanese, that's what he does. I mean, you have to do it. It gets you the extra boost. I 
I well, guess so. I mean, if there's any person who I would earnestly could look at and believe, would believe that, is Zoro. Oh, I thought you were going to say is me. Life is a rhythm game, Janine. Uh, so Nami te- hesitantly follows as well, and that leaves Chopper behind on the ship. And he decides that he's going to try and fix it before remembering that he has been left alone on the ship. Poor sweet child. And meanwhile, the crow approaches four gates, promising different ordeals that they can go into as part of their challenge. Welcome to the jungle! We've got fun and death! That remains to be seen. There's, I've only seen one person die, and the last time I saw somebody who got enveloped by a beam of light... He showed up in Alabasta at the very end. <laughs> well, it's a lot far. It's a lot longer of a way to fall down to the earth. All right, we have fifteen characters to match, and uh, I have at least two. No, I have at least three for everybody here. Janine, how many people are you packing this time? I don't have too much, but the ones that I didn't feel very confident about, I boosted up a little. Mm-hmm. I did try to go again for the um, approach of putting my most effort in the first choice that I have for them. Fair enough. Uh up first, we have Wiper, the gorilla who has been unnamed so far. And uh, we also haven't seen him without his mask, but on the image gallery that I created, I did include a image of him, I believe, from the movie adaptation that he did of this, which does not work. Because uh, <laughs> they have to uh, just There's stuff. squeeze so much in. So who did you have for this character? Uh, So my Rodrigo style was Jim Proudfoot, who is a Native American who uh, inspires the preteen braves. I also had Ak. Ak, uh, I also had Apu Nahasa Pima Pedalon and uh, Torpedo Admiral. How about you? I had the Obscure Caveman Homer. Mm Mm-hmm. The very same caveman that we talked about. Mm-hmm. Just that? Yes. I really just... When I finally had the ability to use the character, I was like... Okay, so now that we know that such a character has existed, that is enough for me to say... I want to use this character, and I couldn't wait. So I was like, who, which one of this lineup can I be able to, like, most accurately pinpoint? And it ended up being Wiper, like, immediately. I can kind of see that. Now, is the fact that I'm willing to use Apu here of interest to you? I don't know, because I don't really know. I don't really know. There's different angles. There's different things to think about with Apu. 
I'm also good if we want a table wiper at this point because we have not seen him do much. We haven't even seen him without a mask. Um, sure, sure. If you believe that'll give me better context, so I can be able to come up with a better choice than just a simple one-off, just to use the character. Yep. Uh, I mean, wiper is going to be the main. A main supporting character in this arc. But there's also going to be <laughs> so many of them. Uh, we then have Gonfall. Who do you have for Gonfall? I have, Abr- I have Abraham Simpson. Just like classic Abraham Simpson? To be honest, mm-hmm. I felt like if there was anything... If you and I had a stalemate, I knew mm-hmm. that we could be able to like look up different versions of Abe Simpson. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you're you're just potentially brushing it off. I'm putting so... Abe Simpson like as a starter, and then. further into discussions, open up doors to Abe Simpson variants. All right. So, my Rodrigo style is Vito Corleone, also known as the Godfather. I'm gonna make you a Pascetti you can't refuse. Interesting. Uh, because... Mo recaps all of the Godfather for Maggie. Uh, I also had Fan Man, Fidel Castro, uh, Claudius, played by Mo, and Howard Hughes, Mr. Burns. Oh, and what's this? It is the first of our two uh, fan suggestion characters. Are you ready? Sure. Uh, friend of the show and champion of casting characters, Atticus suggested either Knight Flanders or Saint Eleutherius of Nicodemia. That one welder guy suggested Methuselah from the Methuselah Bible trading card, and Mike D suggested original Flanders. Hmm. Original Flanders is surprisingly old for his age, for, for, for how he looks. Mm hmm. But I feel like Gonfall, who is sort of like a Don Quixote character, looks his age. Old as balls. <laughs> my uh, my Howard Hughes, uh, Mr. Burns, also goes with a Pierre combo that I have. You see, you see what really fucking does it to me mm-hmm. it's how you nonchalantly walked over Fidel Castro one that I have famously <laughs> been trying to throw down for for many characters already <laughs> who I didn't even bring to the table because like I didn't want to get knowed like that fast
Look into this bag of gifts that I bring, Janine, and ignore the daggers that I have pointed. <laughs> I could sign off on Castro. Mm-hmm. Sight unseen. But you'd need a more of an argument for another one. Because I think by Howard Hughes one I can sell with the other pair, and if not, we can go back and judge them both. Sure, let's get to Pierre, so we could be able to go ahead and see what the package deal is. Alright. My Rodrigo style is Suds McDuff, which is Santa's Little Helper's alcohol selling persona. I also have Frank the Wonder Horse, Maurice the Hat-Eating Donkey, Duncan, who... We have used Furious D, but I think we've defined at this point that actors and the characters that they play are different. And then the one that goes with Howard Hughes Burns is Flamingo Smithers. Interesting. Like, imagine if Pierre was more fucked up because it was also Smithers as a horse and a flamingo being ridden on by Howard Hughes, Mr. Burns. Oh my god. Uh, who do you have for Pierre? Oh, he- here's the thing. Like, I, <laughs> I mean, I went with Princess, Lisa's pony. Mm-hmm. Because I just thought that the idea of Abe Simpson riding Lisa's pony was already, like, hilarious in itself. Mm-hmm. But when you say that, you remind me that Pierre is not a horse. Pierre is a it's bird. A bird. <laughs> eaten the horse horse fruit uh-huh. and I, ga- I gotta give it to you I gotta give it to you that's too clever to pass up so both Howard Hughes Burns both and Flamingo Howard Smithers Hughes. yes Wonderful. I've done you a kindness today <laughs> Janine we are both giving gifts to each other it's a friendship anniversary That's true. Oh. This is the first episode of year two, isn't it? Uh, I mean, technically the last one is, but who's counting? Maybe the listeners will be when I have changed the theme music. Yeah, you thought I wasn't going to reference it. And now I'm also committing to it unless I delete the part where I said that I've changed the theme music. And that's how I played myself. Wow. Mm-hmm. This is the 2023 energy. Yes. Uh, up next, we have Amazon. Who do you have for Amazon? The old lady with the camera. I have, uh, starting up first, mm-hmm. Lunch Lady Bart. Someone who I feel like my transition's getting a little bit close to looking like. Oh, no, you're lovely, Janine. I try. And my second choice for that, because I didn't feel that confident of that, was Betty White. Woo! She can turn on a dime. So, my Rodrigo style that I really don't want to use here is Annie Hall, played by Raggedy Ann. 
as part of Moe's uh, telling of The Godfather. I also had Myrna Bellamy and Alice Glick. Now, Myrna Bellamy is another old lady who uh, turned out to be evil uh, or turned out to be a plot. She was the old woman who the Simpsons had to work for, and then she her she died, but it turned out that she was Carmen Electra disguised the entire time, and it was part of a reality show or something like that. I don't care. Don't get at me in the comments, because there's no comments. And also, you won't remember to commit to the bit. Prove me wrong! Uh, yeah. So, Myrna Bellany or Alice Glick. Uh, if you want to go with Betty White, though, I can go with Betty White. Hell yeah. Uh, did you check your options? I feel like... Oh no. Oh no! Okay, no, we have not used Betty White. Yeah, I, I double-checked everything that I have here. All right, then uh, we got Betty White. Up next, we have Sue, the adorable cloud fox. And I had my Rodrigo style as Mo Green. And then I had Fox Mr. Burns, uh, the power plant vice president dog. That is the one who ended up taking Frank Grimy, as he liked to be called, Grimes's vice president spot, or Dash Dingo, the Crash Bandicoot knockoff. Who do you have? Snowball One. Ooh. I double checked that one. We, I think it was a suggestion once, but never actually used it. I can roll with Snowball One. Hell yeah. We then have Conus. Who do you have for Conus? Renee Mose X. Interesting. Interesting. My Rodrigo style was Kelly Ripa. And I also had Carrie, who was the college student who was in gymnastics with Lisa. I also had Seraphim Lisa from The Raven. Huh. Huh. Mm hmm. Oh my god. Okay. See, this is this is the thing that I like about this show is that um we go for the best ones that fit in the best place. Mhm. And do we Janine? Do we fucking do that? <laughs> <laughs> some some things are like that, but every now and then there is something that that you suggest that I find indisputable despite the fact you know that I don't want to give you all of them mm -hmm. but like I can't dispute the idea using an angel version of a character like would be pretty cool I mean I, I was the same way with Snowball 1 Well then, let's let's go ahead and uh, this. That's how the dead work. 
You're That's dead. how the dead works. Yeah. Uh, all right, we then have Pagia. Old beard face. And, uh... Who do you... Oh, no, you went first last time. Though I've been inconsistent with that. Uh, the options I had, my Rodrigo style was Dr. Brentano, who... Just a throwaway there. Uh, I also had the new Coke inventor, or Warren from Bart's Comet. And I'm... Oh, yeah, Warren is one of the uh, astronomers who gets called and Bart reports the comet. Who do you have for Pagia? I had another Mo-related one. I had Professor Huntington. Do you have the cure for cancer, Mo? Interesting. I remember that quote for whatever reason. I think when we got there, when we got to that episode i would like you to uh i i will present you with an image of warren from bart's comet sure i love that google is like oh are you are you looking at warren from bart's comet on this computer too because we got good news Look at that weird-looking man with strange hair, a bad, bad facial hair. He doesn't look like he makes good life choices. Also, he will be a person who sees his own doom forthcoming. Interesting. Well, when you put it like that, how could I say no? All right. Uh, we then have the first of the four priests. Ohm! Uh, who do you have for Ohm? I have... Officer with his badge in his mouth. Ah... Uh... Okay, okay, okay. I see. Uh, I did not have that part come up. Uh, I had a very cursed idea for running through the priests. Um, my Rodrigo style was Kyle Broblowski from South Park. Because for whatever reason, they were just like, you know, we're going to do a South Park bit. Uh, other options that I had included Mervyn Monroe, the tattoo artist, Moontu, uh, and MC Hammer. You know, uh, Moontu had a uh, bloodless coup, all smothering. That was a joke that I didn't get for so long. It, it, it's a great line. It is. <laughs> uh, 
I don't quite feel Officer with a badge in his mouth. Uh, what we know about Ohm at this point is he has a big dog who we'll get to in two points, and he controls that big dog. And Mutu was the leader of an African country for a while. Though also MC Hammer is MC Hammer. That's true. That is true. And then, you know, we can see whenever Ohm appears on the screen. What's that? It's Hammer! That is true. I don't want to say Uter Piles for MC Hammer. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I don't know the, the, the character. Um, I've seen very little of Ohm. I can only trust you on, on your choices and go with the ones that I think is probably the closest to my liking, then. Uh, Moontoo does wear sunglasses. Then that probably does it for me. That seals the deal. Fair enough. Moontoo it is. Uh, we then have Zabo. <laughs> Zabo's Fabo. Krusty is Rusty. Uh... My uh, picks for Zabo, the pirate who just gets murdered. Uh, my Rodrigo style is Steve Buscemi. I don't want to use Steve Buscemi here. Uh, I also had Tony Hawk or Broken Teeth Man. Huh. I had the Fox sensor that I've never been able to use. And uh, Waylon Smithers Sr. Characters that fucking die. <laughs> because hopefully this person is dead. <laughs> yeah, no, he's, he's dead. Okay. Uh, let me see. Uh... Yeah. I feel like a man who has been killed by the Fox censorship rating that that counts as an act of God. I'm good with Fox censor. Nice. We then have Holy or Holly, depending on translations. Who do you have? I have the aforementioned dog that is vice president in, in space of Frank Grimes. Grimey, as he'd like to be called. Mm -hmm. Power Plant Vice President Dog. So, my Rodrigo style was Ren Tin Tin. I also had the Barking Dog from the original Tracy Ullman shorts. The Ugly Dog, and then also from the island of Dr. Hibbert, Dog Eddie. Because nothing says this dog is a fucking cop and having this dog was an actual fucking cop. Huh. Uh, the ugly dog is a like, very, very, very regal bulldog who gets laughed at by Santa's little helper, and she's the fastest. 
Uh, though also the Wikipedia says he might also be a Sharpay. Are Sharpay's bulldogs? Mm, no, but they do kind of have a similar build. I don't know how to describe it. Well, on doglearn.com, they have a bulldog versus a Sharpay. I mean, yeah, they're both very wrinkly dogs. But apparently the uh, bulldog has much higher stats, so if you're going to be re uh, training up your dogs, uh, you have a better investment long term for... Uh, I, I don't want to get into a weird Pokemon bit, Luke. It's not working for anybody. Um, yeah, out of, out of what we have most... Uh, actually, I'm going to look at uh, that Vice President dog. We were supposed to record a few days ago, and uh, we had life happen. Um, hmm. Where are you leaning? Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I could be able to lean towards the ugly dog, but... Yeah, like, none of them are super great. It feels like no matter what choice we make, we're just settling. It does. We both kind of uh, expected the other one to have something good, and we're just like, eh, let's toss some dogs. Um, wait. Let me... Ba -ba -ba -da -da. Ooh, oh, no, we want to go with Barking Dog from the Simpsons shorts. All right, we'll go with Barking Dog for the Simpsons shorts. You're saying this, sight unseen of the Barking Dog. Let I, me I, hear, I hear the excitement in your voice. I just... Let me show you how great this is going to be, Janine. All right. Amazing. <laughs> Ah! Oh. Yep, yep, that's that's the energy that we need. That's why I had that up at front. Uh up next we have Fusa, who's a big old bird. Uh who do you have for Fusa, who's a big old bird? I have Socrates. You mean Socrates? Yes, Socrates. Excellent! Which was the falcon that was trained to try and rescue Timmy O'Toole. Yes. And you know that I got that package deal on this order, so I don't even have to spoil you for what my Shura pick is. The falcon trainer. Yep. So... I, I, 
Let me run through the options that I have here. Uh, my Rodrigo style of Refusa was Salvatore Tessio, who was played by a rubber duck. Hmm. Uh, I also had the Parrot from I'm With Cupid, Big Bird, and also Grandpa from the Island of Dr. Hibbert, who was turned into a rooster. For Shura, my Rodrigo style was Stan Marsh. And then I also had Howard Hughes Burns, who we have used at this point, the Airshow Tour Guide, and Orville Redenbacher. Uh, I actually really like Falcon Trainer and Socrates. Hell yeah! So, you got that. Like, I was trying to figure out a good combo, and you nailed it. <laughs> Up last, we have Satori, who is round. Uh, my Rodrigo style was Eric Cartman, uh, and I also had Freddy Boy and Uter Zorker. Uter Zorker. Yes, from the famous Uter Pile, Uter Piles. Or from the famous Uter Pile, Uter Zorkers. There you have it, folks. We finally get our first Uter. However, Luke, I don't want to say Uter Pile, but I have three picks. Uh-huh. Uh, ooh. Number one. <laughs> yes, guy. Yes. <laughs> Number two. Comic book guy. Mm -hmm. As I believe the one thing that all of these guys like have in common is that they are judgmental in some sense. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like the area that I'm kind of going for. Mm -hmm. um, my next final and last one is a variant of comic book guy, but it is specifically the collector because of how ridiculous both of their outfits are. This is what considering sounds like. No, this is where I have put myself into a Peter Griffin Blackbeard situation. Where I would need you to trust me on a pick and I don't necessarily feel like you would be ready to make this commitment. Which is completely understandable. Are you ready to hear me out? Sure. Eric Cartman. Because we can use the other two members of the South Park boys for two other roles. And... The idea that they all have very round designs, which is part of that South Park aesthetic, 
would make it work. But also, you have no idea what I'm talking about, and you do not understand uh, what I'm going for. And honestly, it's not my biggest commitment, but, uh, you know, I'm thinking in the future because I have future cursed knowledge. Cursed knowledge. Well, this this podcast is all about learning cursed knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. I don't know. Like, I feel like if there are things that I want to be able to commit to, I already like feel weird that Peter Griffin is one of them. Mm-hmm. Also having South Park on the other end of it, it's just like kind of a weird taste. Yes. Uh, no, I am a person who gave up on South Park almost a decade ago. So as such, I don't really kind mm-hmm. of want to use their characters in... Um... Yes, to besmirch our good show. Uh, in that case, I'm going to... Uh push for freddy boy freddy boy freddy boy uh from the cast of yahoo uh i'm pulling up an image (laughs) that's a gets your image of freddy boy Yahoo was the Hee Haw parody. Yes. And that's his pig, Yuma. I can dig it. All right. Uh, We then have Gidatsu, and let's start off with our uh, listeners. Uh, we only got one for uh, King from King Atticus, uh, who suggested Herman Herman. Who do you have for Gedatsu? Mr. T. Have we fully seen Mr. T at this point? Uh, his first appearance. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Because he is part of the Stonecutters World Council. It's a weird place for him to show up, but technically he was there, so we could use him. Yes, uh, my Rodrigo style is South Park style O.J. Simpson. My other two suggestions are Daryl Strawberry and Brother Faith. You know, I had Daryl Strawberry for him before this, but I was so confident in Mr. T that I erased him. Uh, You know, if I had thought of Mr. T, I would have gone with Mr. T, so I'm good going with Mr. T. Hell yeah, Mr. T. And then up last, we have McKinley. And guess what, Janine? 
What's that? Hesso. Oh, yeah. wait, because you watch in Japan. Or because you watch the subs. I don't know if a joke works or. No, they do it. Okay. Yeah. Luffy just getting incredibly pissed off that these people in their own country are speaking their own language to say hello is. Yeah, Luffy's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> we don't like him because he's accepting of other people that do things in a way that is not about directly giving him meat. Luffy loved the meat. All right. Uh, so who do you have for McKinley? I have the... Colonel. Just named Colonel. Doesn't like Homer. But if you got to know Homer, maybe you would like him. Uh, the one from Simpson Tide? Yes, very one. <laughs> so, my Rodrigo style was Jackson Brown. The musician. Uh, I also had Milton Haas and the Range Master. And uh, Milton Haas, in case you don't remember that name, uh, you might also know him as Ox from the Flying Hellfish. Ah, uh, yes. He has come up at least once before, and then the uh, Range Master is the guy who gives Bart a grenade launcher at a uh, military school. Hmm. Because he assumes that Bart, having gone to public school, knows how to use small arms. <laughs> Wow, that joke really gets weird. Yeah. Hesso. 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 Yeah, I'm good to go with Colonel. Awesome. All right, so. We have decided to table wiper for now. Gonfall is Howard Hughes Burns, Pierre is Flamingo Smithers, Amazon is Betty White, Sue is Snowball One, Codis is Seraphim Lisa, Pagia is Warren from Bart's Comet, Ohm is Muntu, uh, Zabo is the Fox Sensor, Holy is the Barking Dog from the Shorts, Fusa is Socrates, Shura is Falcon Trainer, Satori is Freddy Boy, Gidatsu is Mr. T, and McKinley is the Colonel, or Colonel. Janine, we did it. We done did it, yeah. And also me. Yes. We're almost through the one area that breaks a lot of people. And once we do that, I could be able to say that I'm stronger than them. Mm-hmm. That's because it's like we fuse together. Exactly. Merging our power levels so we could be able to take on Majin Buu. Oh, I was going to proceed in the universe reference. Oh, okay. Because I said stronger than you. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, yeah. So, welcome to the jungle. We've got fun and games. We've got, like, five more episodes of this. Janine, where can people find you online? 
You can be able to find me on Hive at Janine Juliet and on Instagram at Janine is dope. I think they do ads. I don't know. You know where they are. Oh, and also various Luke Hair podcast productions. Uh, you can find me on most places uh, if you just look for uh, Coltreg. That's K-O-L-T-R-E-G. And, uh, yeah, I mean, there are exceptions. Like, I have an Instagram, and I don't often post to it, but I do post very dumb stuff when I do. And uh, you can find uh, that at Q-S-A-N-D-T-A-N. C-I-R-S, which is uh, Cues and Tancers, which is a very old Exiled reference. But uh, Yeah, and then find me other places, lukehair.com, and uh, I'm, I think by the time this comes out, we will only have like one or two more episodes of RPG Pals Club, because we're ending that show with its 100th episode. Whoa, congratulations. Thank you. Uh, Considering it was a bi-monthly show, it has been quite a feat. We have missed zero episodes. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, our cover art is by Mike who you can find at Patent Pending, P-A-T-T-E-N-P-E-N-D-I-N-G, on the Instagram. Uh, Mike does a great job on the covers. Uh, You should hire him to do things for money related to art. And, uh, yeah, Domance Dawn, we update twice a month. Uh, Look for us usually on the first Monday, because we now kind of have sort of a buffer until... Probably my wedding will fuck that over. So I'm getting married. Oh, congratulations. Yes. Uh, you can find the show at domansdawn.com. That's D-O-H-M-A-N-C-E-D-A-W-N. Please tell your friends. Uh, please like share images from the cover. If you do weird mashup fan art, uh, or like if you do fan art of our weird castings, uh like tag us and we will share those images and uh also when you tell your friends just let them know that like once you really start getting into it and like really start getting like where the characters are going and fitting inside of these roles it it does get interesting like it sounds kind of like a weird concept but you can get sucked into it Oh, yeah, we, we take our jobs very seriously. We have to work the ley lines very specifically to make sure that we're doing a good job at the show that we do. Anyways, uh, next time, for no reason, Eminem. Wait, what? Mm-hmm.